Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. We take a big-picture look of you from 30,000 feet, if you will, at the season's first four games, the good, the not-so-good. Might history repeat itself? Don't forget it was at this point in the season a year ago in which the offense transformed itself. Plus, we tour around the division. How did the rest of the NFC West fare in Week 4? It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 326, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So a 2-2 two and two record isn't great. It isn't bad either. It's how the Cardinals reach 2-2 two and two that's caused a lot of angst. MJ, you win at San Francisco. You beat Washington at home. Then you lose to the Lions at home, fall to the Panthers on the road. And when you start 2-0, and well, the expectations increase. And now you lose two in a row, and you feel like you'll never get back into the win column. And I think that's where the Cardinals are right now. Yeah, and the reason why the expectations were a lot higher this year is because we talked about the stability in the front office and the, and the coaching staff and retaining, you know, um, you know, the guys that they wanted that were still under contract, including Vance Joseph. And then the, the head coach and the quarterback, there was stability there. And, you know, unfortunately, though, um, they didn't have an offseason. And, again, no excuses. It was for all 32 teams. But when you hear veteran players like Larry Fitzgerald, who really didn't play a lot in the preseason, and Chandler Jones, you know, I think the first month of the season, the first four games is kind of uh, like the preseason. So things got to start clicking. And you know, they're close. They've shown flashes on both sides of the ball, including on special teams. But this is the National Football League. And, it's a copycat uh, business out there, and, and I think what Matt Patricia did to Kyler Murray in week three, putting a spy on him again, uh, you know, obviously showing him different looks, and Kyler Murray claims that the, the game is slowing down for him, and then what happened on Sunday against the Panthers, you know, the Cardinals came out of the game, they got a nine-yard pickup in Drake, he could get a first down, and then, you know, they want to get Larry and Fitzgerald involved early in the game, which I agree with. Hashtag feet fits, and he overthrows them. Second possession, you know, they're they're trying to, you know, push the ball around. He forces a throw to Christian Kirk. Three guys were open on that. Fitz was open, Arnold, and Kenyon Drake. If you watch the film, you can see him underneath the screen before he throws there. So their first three drives were basically uh, three, five, and five. And according to my Niagara Falls math, that's only 13 plays in your first three drives where Carolina was able to sustain the clock, uh, march down the field and and, and obviously put points uh, on the scoreboard when it came to the red zone offense. Yeah, the wrong kind of consistency yes. we saw on Sunday. We need the consistency that sees this offense move the ball up and down the field, get into the red zone, put up points, field goals, touchdowns. Again, we'd rather not see Zane Gonzalez unless it's on after touchdowns are scored with his kicks. Yet, this offense certainly, I think, is at a crossroads right now, and I've made no secret that that is where my, I don't know if it's concerned, but that is where I lean as opposed to what I'm hearing from most people. It's the defense and Vance Joseph and what's going on. To me, it was always the offense that was going to carry this team 
for the most part and maybe all season long, and we haven't seen the points put up each week through these first four games. Yeah, and I think you've been very consistent saying they added DeAndre Hopkins. How can this offense take a step back? I mean, you got to score points in the NFL. I mean, you know, you got going into last night, you had 10 teams, as you pointed out yesterday, on Cards Cover 2 that have scored over 30 points. I mean, uh, the league's uh, annual numbers are up. Every week they're breaking records. So you would think they'd be more in sync. And what's puzzling or um, perplexing to me is just the inconsistency across the board. Uh, We thought – just adding Hopkins and, you know, you, you, they had the same offensive line, even though, you know, Max Garcia and Justin Murray were getting some reps and you want to keep those guys fresh. They, they're, they're not running the football like they did in the last eight games last year. And so, you know, you go back to the drawing board and, you know, I thought Rob Fredrickson brought up something and don't mean to be that dead horse, but, you know, going east and west, I mean, teams are letting basically saying, we're going to let everything underneath. You're not going to throw over the top. And, you know, in fairness to, to Cliff, in the first two weeks of the season, teams weren't covering Hopkins like they should. And I, I get the bubble screens. He was getting like seven or eight catches behind the line of scrimmage. He gets a block down. He can, you know, tiptoe down the sidelines. Now teams are covering the entire field. And you'd like to take some shots. Now they'll tell us, and it's true, you're going to take what the defense gives you. But you need some chunk plays. It's, it's difficult to go on those long drives. We always talk about it. But... I just think this team needs to get off to another good start. Um, being down 14 to nothing on the road, that's not a good start. Uh, the Jets are reeling right now. There's a lot of dis, uh, distractions in the front office about the head coach and the roster, etc. So it's important to get off to a good start. But they got to just be more consistent. And you know, we talked about you know they haven't had as many sacks on Kyler Murray this year compared to last year. Um, but teams are keeping him in the pocket now, and he wants to be that pocket passer. And those first two drives, you know, he wasn't very accurate. And that's something they're going to have to work on. He's only been talking about Kyler Murray, only been sacked seven times through four games this season. And a quick update on that 30-point notes. It's now down to eight teams because the Chiefs last night and the Falcons last night didn't put up a lot of points. So they have fallen. Chiefs now at 29.3 points per game. Falcons 26.5 points per game. But still eight teams averaging at least 30 points. And we certainly expected the Cardinals to be among those teams or at least better than where they are right now. And that is at 24.5, which is not very good as far as the rankings are concerned. That's the bottom third. They rank 21st in points per game. But let's flash back one year ago after four games. And I'll give you a lot of credit because you were the first person to notice this. There was a fundamental offensive shift a year ago after four games because the first four weeks, 10 personnel, one back, four wide receivers, run 57% of the time. In weeks five through 17, that number dropped to 16%. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury and his coaching staff made a decision, a conscious decision, that, look, what we want to do is not working. What can we do? What do we have to do to change things? And I think it was all predicated on Christian Kirk going down and losing him for an extended period of time that made that shift necessary. Now, there hasn't really been that injury but the consistency or lack thereof, do we now see another transformation of this offense here in year two? I don't know what that would be, except for maybe more running, more tight end sets, because obviously what is trying to be done right now 
is not working. And if you continue, well, what do they say? The definition of insanity is repeating yourself and hoping for a different result. Four games worth, I think something needs to change. Yeah, and, you know, obviously that when they ran that air raid last year, just to give you some numbers, um, they ran 10 personnel, 159 plays in the first four weeks of the season. They ran 11 personnel 26% of the time for 69 uh, plays. And then they ran 12 personnel, and that's when the Cardinals only had two tight ends on the roster, and now it would have been Max Williams and Charles Clay. And and when Kirk went down, they started going more with the 11 and 12 personnel. So last year, again, 159 plays and 10 personnel, 69 and 11, and 12, they had 29. Now let's fast forward to this year. After four weeks, the Cardinals have ran 131 plays and 11 personnel. That's 49%. 12 personnel's up. They're running that 39 or 30%, 79 plays. They've only run 10 personnel 16 times, 42 plays. And I think we were seeing that in the last couple of games where maybe we didn't see that earlier in the season. So they definitely are committed to more 11 and 12 personnel. But we know with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, a healthy and productive Larry Fitzgerald could be, healthy Christian Kirk, and the way Isabella's coming on, I understand why he wants to do that. And if you get Kenyon Drake and you can run the football with him and Edmonds and they're going to try to cover the entire field with four wide and a running back, uh, play action, RPOs are perfect for that. Perfect for that. You you got your choices there. That means Kirk or Isabella's drawing that third or fourth corner, possibly a safety or a linebacker. So... Um, you could see he's changed within one year. Unfortunately, you just you don't have the wins. And listen, they were 0-3 and one last year. Um, they went on a three-game winning streak. Uh, they went to Cincinnati, won that game, then they beat the the Giants. And so now they got a three they got a three-game road trip here with the uh, Jets, Seahawks, and then you throw in the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So. I still think they're going to run their 11 personnel because you want to get your playmakers on the field. And if you go 11, you got Hopkins. Now, can they double or put coverage over the top? They got to throw the ball to Larry Moore. And then you got, you know, Isabella. And I think Dan Arnold, he may not be the greatest blocker or Daniels because they don't have the experience as Max Williams, but he can win some, some matchups. And he, to me, he's a perfect throw down the seam. And they've tried to work that a few times. And Kyler's misfired or actually thrown it a little bit higher than he was able to catch it. Of course, you need to have the time if you're Kyler Murray in the pocket or if you're going to roll one way or the other in order to make those throws down the field. And the offensive line we saw on Sunday against the Panthers certainly had one of its poorer performances to date. And perhaps maybe if you look at this four-game assessment from an offensive standpoint, it's not so much that, hey, we're going to spread out and now we're going to more run tight end sets that we saw a year ago, but maybe more of a concerted effort to get the run game going. And even if you don't get that five yards, if it's two yards, if it's one yard, if you go back a yard or two, if you maintain that and you allow a Kenyon Drake or a Chase Edmonds to kind of get into their own rhythm and feel better. We've heard a number of different running backs, Kenyon Drake in particular, saying he feels much better as the game progresses. And maybe that is what we see coming up this week against the Jets is more of an emphasis on running the football and not so much to the outside but between the tackles and try to open up the passing game that way 
Yeah, and, th- and that's one thing that we talked about. And, of course, I uh, hope everyone's listening to the post-game shows because we like to take your calls and get your observations and thoughts. And Rob Fredrickson, a former player, brought up a great point just about going east and west. And, you know, now they're throwing the ball to Hopkins where he's going to catch it. And it really is an extended run play if you want to think about it. And then the jet sweep. So, you know, teams are saying, uh, again, uh, we're going to force Kyler Murray to make these throws inside the pocket. So, um, 12 games to go. Uh, I'm still encouraged with this offense. I know they have the talent, um, you know, the offensive line. Um, obviously, they're not giving up the sacks last year. Uh, I know they want to run the football. You know, Kenyon Drake, he hasn't had that big run yet. And, you know, his average per carry is going down since week one. And he needs his touches. And I think this team really wants to run the football. Now, the Browns are a prime example. They do have an injury with one of the running backs. But the Browns have Jarvis Landry. They have Odell Beckham Jr. Um, they had went out and spent money on Austin Hooper. And, and they're able to run the ball for over 300 yards. And I'm not saying that's the Cardinals, but we need to find the identity of this football team, which is run the football, and then the pass will set up the run. And that's where you can take some shots down the field. But teams are saying, keep him in the pocket. We're not going to allow the deep ball, and uh, we're going to try to force him in third and long, and we know at times he's going to try to run for a first down. And so there's some limitation in that. And now, you know, when Murray rushes over eight uh, carries a game, you know, he's got a pretty good record. When he rushes less than eight, they're 1-10-1. A lot of the talk since Sunday has been the play calling and the number of plays that have been east-west, the horizontal passing game heading towards the sideline, if you whether that's a Hopkins, Fitz, or Christian Kirk catching the ball. Dan Arnold was asked about that earlier today as far as, hey, is it the play calling? Is it the execution? And that's where you can sit there and you can figure things out. It's, it's a little bit more difficult on the day of to figure out, hey, it was a great play call, just wasn't executed, or no, the play call didn't work and it was, wasn't executed well. And Arnold, quote, it's pretty unfair to put all of it on play calling. It has to be a joint effort, end quote, with respect to what is called and then how it is executed. Though I think we have seen Kingsbury in his year plus as head coach shown the willingness and more importantly, uh, the ability to adapt to what is not working and then focus on what is working even when, hey, here's my plan. Okay, it's not working. All right, what is my plan B, C, and D in order to A, move the football, B, put points on the board, and C, ultimately win on Sundays? All right. You know, a lot of people get confused with the air raid offense and the spread offense. The spread offense is really about having balance. So you want to be able to run the ball for 200 yards and throw it for 200, or you can go 250 on each one. The air raid is two concepts. It's reps, it's reps, 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 execution. And everything's predicated on how the defense is going to line up. If they change their lineup pre-snap or as Kyler's getting ready to snap the ball, you have to change your routes. And so that's where... Right now, it's been a little bit difficult for Murray to kind of go through his progressions, but it's about reps. And we know watching practice and training camp and the availability during sometimes, um, you know, based on offseason workouts, it's about reps. And they, they, they run a ton of reps in practice. you got receivers coming in and out. So it's about reps. But also, it's about these guys, and, and, and it's not easy. It took Larry Fitzgerald a while to figure out the route running based on the coverage. Again, the spread offense is more balanced offense here. It's about lining up 
in creating uh, real estate. So when you're running a route and you catch the ball, somebody should always be open in this air raid offense. Okay, so based off what you just described, is it more uh, sticking with the process, even though right now it seems to be stuck and neutral, if you will, or does a change or an adjustment need to be made moving forward? Because I understand what you're saying. Like this, Sometimes you just have to plow through a roadblock, and right now I think this offense is staring at a roadblock after four games. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to continue to roll the the players that have played so far. I mean, they have a ta- they have talented skill position players. I'm going to lean more on the running game. Uh, not so much Kyler Murray, but I do want him to run like he did last week with that 48 yarder. I want to see Chase Edmonds involved. And people are like, why aren't they targeting Kenyon Drake in the passing game? I get it. They have four or five other options that are better. I mean, Dan Arnold. He's got the size to possibly, you know, break one. He's got the size to, you know, his catch radius. Chase Edmonds to me is more fluid in the open field when he catches the pass. You got Hopkins, you got Larry, you got Kirk, you got Isabella. So um, he's not David Johnson. David Johnson was probably a better pass catching running back than Kenyon Drake. But sometimes you got to throw a little screen pass to him in the flat to kind of loosen things up where. You don't want to tip your hand that they're not going to throw to him. They're going to throw to these other guys. So it's it's a combination. But I want to see them be able to run the football a little bit more, play action, and then take some shots. And one of the things that we talked about on the Red Sea Report on Tuesday was from Murray, this is, this is really um, eye-opener for me. Murray, 10 to 19 yards, which is considered an intermediate route. He's, he's only uh, – his completion percentage is 54%. That should be between 65 and 67. Now, overall, he is in the 60s. But that should be easy throws. Now, maybe he doesn't like throwing over the middle. Um, sometimes he's airmailing it. Maybe he can't see. Linebackers are going to put their arms up, get a ball deflected. A couple of balls were deflected in the previous game. So um, I always talk about Aaron Rodgers and uh, Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson where they move outside the pocket, and their first initiative is not to run. It's to keep the play going and have your receivers come back to the ball, and that's when you can make some of those throws. So he's got to improve on that 10 to 19 ratio because, really, that's how you move the sticks. Here's some numbers, and not to bore you with a lot of detail, but I think it's important based off the conversation that we're having here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals because we all want to see this offense succeed. Right now it is the 23rd best passing offense and 25th in passing yards per play. That's because right now Kyler Murray is 26th among qualified quarterbacks in yards per completion. Only 6.4. All of those numbers have to be better because, like it or not, quarterback's going to get a lot of the credit and he's going to get a lot of the blame. And right now, a lot of the spotlight, MJ, is on number one because, as they say, he runs the ship. He's the captain. And right now, the offense is predicated on how successful he is. And right now, through four games, he's below success he's he I wouldn't say he's poor but he's had more um, lackluster performances than great performances yeah and you know usually you want to be up there around seven eight or nine on yards attempt per play and he's at six four the opponents are at seven seven um, you know he has turned the ball over a little bit more than he has last year at this time however last year I think I want to say Craig after four uh, games there were 20 sacks. 
He's only been sacked seven times. So um, the, there's improvement in certain areas, and, and I really believe all this is correctable. You, you, you get a little momentum, you know, in the first quarter. Uh, you're able to move the football. All of a sudden the defense is going to make a play for you. So, uh, again, we, I always start talking about this complementary football. All three facets have to have, help each other out. Cardinals need to score points. Defense needs to make stops, get them back on the field. And special teams need to win field position. And that's complementary football. We just haven't seen that. And we haven't seen this team as a whole play four quarters of solid football. And I think it's because of the offseason. But the excuses are over. We're in the second month of the season. All these games count. Bird Gang, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. As we continue doing our first quarter assessment, if you will, of the Cardinals and still looking at the offense because I do think there are some positives within this offense. Certainly nowhere more than the wide receiver, and that would be DeAndre Hopkins, who still leads the league and catches and is fourth in receiving yards. He certainly has been as advertised and a great addition. You just would have thought that with his addition, everyone else would have stepped up their game together, and maybe it just needs more time for all 11 pieces to gel. And as you said, you know, how much more time do you need? Because the rest of the division continues to win. The Seahawks are undefeated at 4-0. More on them in a moment. You certainly don't want to get left behind as you make this jump ahead as far as year two with head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, I mean, my host, my host shtick the offseason was the, the offense is going to have to carry this football team because you're going to have four to five new starters on defense. And the defense held their water the first couple of weeks. Um, the offense did enough just to obviously get a couple of victories. Special teams, you know, getting a block punt and getting better field position. But the last two games, now the defense has is, is kind of come up and they're still ranked in the they're ranked 15th overall, so they're not in the 20s. Um, they obviously took a step back when it came to, you know, getting the opponent off the field on third down. Uh, they are obviously took a step back when it came to red zone offense or defense. So, but for the most part, though, I just thought the defense would have um, a little bit more time to get together. Um, and I thought the offense. I mean, basically, they had the same team, the same play caller, the same quarterback. And they added DeAndre Hopkins, one of the top wide receivers in football. This thing should be clicking. But, again, I think based on um, how teams are defending the the Cardinals offense, saying we're going to let you throw underneath, we're not going to let Kyler Murray get out of the pocket, they have to go to plan B now. And I'm curious to see what that is for the next four weeks. And if you dig a little deeper as far as trying to find positives, I think another one would be Andy Isabella. The numbers aren't astronomical, but I think you are seeing him improve. And I'm going to point to Christian Kirk only missing the one game with a groin injury that we hope isn't lingering and isn't a factor in slowing him down. But he did have that touchdown catch on Sunday against the Panthers. So it didn't seem to me like it was affecting him any. It didn't seem like the ankle issue was much of an issue for DeAndre Hopkins. So if this team can stay healthy on the offensive end and maybe run the football a little bit more because the run game does set up the pass game and you can get all these pieces together, then maybe at the halfway point we're talking about how this offense has made a considerable leap forward as far as not just yards but more importantly points per game well and if you look at the first two weeks that they were averaging over like, you know maybe 70 snaps a game this week they only had 55 and that's because the the Panthers had the ball for almost 40 minutes it seemed like 
So you got to have more plays. And if we go back to the first um, three drives, the Cardinals had a whopping 13 plays total. You know, they come out and they get the nine-yard run. They can pick up the first down. Uh, they miss Larry. He was wide open. That's going to that's gonna get the sidelines excited. And then the next possession, he forces the ball to Christian Kirk, and three guys were open underneath. And, you know, obviously he, he was trying to get the ball there. But, you know, take what the defense gives you. I'd rather go with a guy that's open than trying to force it. And, again, he's only played 20 games, but these are – Great learning experiences for a guy like Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. Now, defensively, I think we're all in agreement that despite what happened on Sunday, and oh, we're only reacting to the last image and the last performance of a defense, but overall, I think this is a much improved defense from a year ago. The free agent additions have certainly all been benefits. Devon Kennard, Jordan Phillips, and Devondre Campbell have all added something to this defense. Now it's just about being consistent, and what was alarming on Sunday was just the number of missed tackles. And then, as you pointed out, the third down defense, the red zone defense, all those numbers that had been good through the first three games kind of uh, went the other way on Sunday but you have to be able to tackle which everyone understands and knows about but tackling is a want to it's not something that should be encouraged or coached you just just do it and that was something Jordan Hicks brought up on Sunday yeah I mean and you know I want to give the Panthers credit because they, they won in the trenches they were pushing the envelope but the Cardinals took some bad angles, especially on the Teddy Bridgewater run. Um, you know, Campbell was trying to – and Reddick were trying to seal the edge, and then you had some missed tackles. And, you know, they clearly missed Buda Baker. I mean, I'm stating the obvious. I mean, he's one of the best players on the team. I think now he's in the same conversation with Chandler Jones, probably ahead of Patrick Peterson when you start talking about what you got to look for in the Cardinal defense. And he would have made some of those plays in that game. And, you know, everyone has injuries, but this year, we, every year there's a certain position. A couple of years ago it was the O-line. Last year it was the running back position when they brought in Zach Center and Alfred Morris and they made a trade for Kenyon Drake. This year it's a safety. You had your top three safeties that were not playing. And we look at Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, the, the strides that he's made, and then you throw in Chris Banjo where more of a special teams guy and you're having your fourth and fifth safeties out there and then Patrick Peterson has to go play a little safety. There was just too much real estate and too many missed tackles, and the Cardinals want to play a certain defense, but based on the personnel, not having Booter out there, they're playing a shell zone, and they were picking them apart. So they got to tighten that up. But just getting back Buda Baker, you know, we'll, the injury report comes out Wednesday. That's a big day, but also Thursday and Friday. Curious to see where Jalen Thompson is and Kirst Banjo because that would go a long way to this defense kind of getting back to their roots. Well, and two players in particular, as far as you always say, the five-star players. I need to see more out of Chandler Jones, and it's not so much the sack total, but just be disruptive in the backfield, whether that's stripping the ball out or hitting the quarterback. I think he's been a little bit too quiet. And then Patrick Peterson, he needs to step up. This redemption tour that he talked about all season long, I don't think it's started yet, to be honest. I, I mean, outside of the interception, there were a lot of plays on Sunday that we saw number 21 kind of avoid the play, avoid the contact, as opposed to being in the middle of the play. Yeah, and that's happened two weeks in a row with Tara, Terry McLaren, and then you throw in Robbie Anderson, and these are young receivers, but that's the league. Uh, I know Patrick's the first time in his career, along with Chandler Jones, that they're playing at the age of 30. 
Um, but I still think Chandler's in his prime, and, and Patrick obviously uh, needs to play better. Again, I think they want to play man, but they're playing zone. And Robbie Anderson's a young, quick receiver, and he was getting open. The same thing uh, with the Washington football team. But I, I, I agree with you. The five-star player's got to play a lot better, and then you need some other guys to make plays, You know, whether it's a, you know, a rotation guy. So um, those guys get paid well, and they know that they got to perform. But they need some other contributors, not maybe some household names, guys that make some plays like Andy Isabella can do or Chase Edmonds, even though we know who they are. But they need other players to step up, and you're wondering who's that next guy going to be. And that's what you know, you're looking for in game day because if they can force more turnovers, that would give them a ton more opportunities on offense. Well, you get pressure on the quarterback, then you don't have to ask your guys in the secondary to cover, cover a lot, and I yeah. think that was the big issue on Sunday. And then when you have your fourth and fifth string safeties doing a lot of the covering or in the secondary as your last line of defense and there's no push up front or on the outside and Bridgewater can just stand in the pocket and pick you apart, that, I think, more than anything is what we saw against the Panthers. Yeah, and I, I should say three games. I went back to the Galladay game, too, with, uh, with going against Patrick Peter. And so, yeah, it, again, it's it's a catch twenty-two. A, you got to contain the run. You got to try to force them in long, third and long, and you need to get pressure up front. And if they can, you know, play the defense they want, uh, I think they'll be much better for it. But again, guys, this is something that you know it was a big deal yesterday when it came to when you start looking at the uh, the film. Is we heard a ton of this under Steve Wilkes. They didn't have gap integrity, and there was no gap discipline up front, and it showed. I mean, Mike Davis was running all over these guys. I mean, they ran inside. They ran outside. uh, They threw a couple slant passes. Next thing you know, yards after catch. So gap discipline was an issue, and and I think Brinson Buckner will get on these guys about that. Last point on Chandler Jones and how quiet he's been with regards to sacks. He only has the one, and that was week one. Looked it up the last time Jones went three games without a sack, weeks 13, 14, and 15 in 2018. That season he finished with 13. The last time he had a four-game stretch without a sack, his first season with the Cardinals in 2016. That season he finished with double-digit sacks with 11 so I think it's all going to happen it's just a matter of we would certainly like to happen it sooner rather than later and we've been waiting right now for Chandler Jones to be Chandler Jones that we all heard from and have seen so far in a Cardinals uniform yeah we 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 talked to Bertrand Berry on the Red Sea report and I asked him it's not the first time in his career he's getting double teamed and they're chipping him and they're trying to do a good job moving him around even though you didn't have Kennard out there last week and you know, Bertrand said maybe try to bring him up the middle a little bit, you know, where the quarterback obviously I always talk about get the quarterback off his spot. I know to me sacks are misleading. He does have seven quarterback hits, you know, and, and he also has a fumble recovery or forced fumble. Um, but also, you know, we talked about another guy needs to step up. It can't just be Chandler Jones and the defensive line, as you pointed out initially, they have more sacks than the entire defensive line in 16 games last year so you're getting from other areas but clearly Chandler Jones has to be that guy and I I like the front seven I like the rotation I think they got some physicality and and grit there you got guys like um, you know Jordan Phillips and Corey Peters and Jordan and uh, Zach Allen Um, they're making plays but they also need to make plays tackle for losses and quarterback hits get him off his spot don't let him get comfortable and I thought Teddy Bridgewater was too comfortable in that game 
Bird Gang, if you like this podcast, Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, I invite you to subscribe to all Cardinal podcasts, Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. All you have to do is subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Before we close up shop here on this Tuesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2, let's tour the NFC West. How did the rest of the division fare in week four? And this is why there is, I would say, a sense of urgency with the Cardinals because as you look at the division right now, everyone is at or above 500. The Seahawks leading the division at 4-0. and oh, They beat the Dolphins 21-23, leading wire to wire. Just the second time, MJ, that the Seahawks are 4-0 and oh in franchise history. The first time, 2013, when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and... It obviously starts with Russell Wilson. I mean, this guy's been a Houdini, and the fact is that defensively, um, they're not a you know a top-ranked defense. Um, the running game could be hit and miss. A lot of it predicates on Russell Wilson. Their offensive line has never been the greatest, but they find ways to win, and they've they've gone on the road. I mean, that's a lot. That's the longest trip in the NFL. Seattle to Miami. And, and they go there, and, you know, they didn't run away with the game, but they end up winning 31-23. And we're going to see the Seahawks in a few weeks here. So uh, I just think they got a balanced team. They're not going to wow you, but at the end of the day, they get the job done. Wilson, two more passing touchdowns. He has 16 on the season, which ties Peyton Manning's 2013 mark for the most through a team's first four games. And we actually finally saw a little bit of a ground game by the Seahawks. Chris Carson, two rushing touchdowns. He had 100 all-purpose yards, 80 of those coming on the run. Yeah, and one thing they have acquired over the last few years, including DK Metcalf, is they got some weapons. I mean, Tyler Lockett. Uh, probably an underrated player who's in the shadow of Doug Baldwin for all those years. You know, you look at um, DK Metcalf, and then, you know, I, I also look at Greg Olson, a great safety net for for Russell Wilson. He had five catches in that game. So they're spreading the ball around. Will Disney is, is one of their tight ends. Um, so I think they do a good job with balance. And, you know, you look at it, they ran the ball 26 times, 98 yards, but they had to throw it 34 times, 360 yards. But the way Wilson's playing, why not? We will all see the Seahawks in action this weekend. They host the Vikings on Sunday night football. The Rams, second place in the division. They are 3-1. and one. They beat the still winless Giants 17-9. A nice bounce back from the loss to the Bills the week prior. Once again, the Rams, like the Seahawks, never trailed. Jared Goff, 200 yards passing and a touchdown. Overall, though, the Rams offense, just 240 total yards. That's why they only scored 17 points. Yet when you hold the opposition to under double digits, I like your chances. Yeah, and, you know, Jarek off 25 of 32, 200 yards, a touchdown. Now, running-wise, they only average about 2.5 yards, 23 carries, 58 yards. They go running back by committee with Malcolm Brown, uh, Henderson. They also try to use Robert Woods in that area. But, you know, Cooper Cup's one of the better uh, slot receivers in football. He's always going to put up numbers. But Woods, he's he's kind of like a – you know, Christian Kirk, where he can do a lot of different things. He provides a lot of stuff to their offense. But, you know, the fact that, 
you know, they're at home after a long road trip to Buffalo. You know the Giants are going to try to go in there and, and pull off the upset. So I don't, I really don't look at the score. The fact is they continue to win is impressive. Well, they won with their defense. Daniel Jones was sacked five times, picked off once, and no Giants touchdowns in three red zone trips. So and we know that's a lot on Aaron Donald, but it is a very good defense that could be getting their safety Jordan Fuller back this week and also getting running back Cam Akers back as well. Those two both missed the game against the Giants because of injury. Yeah, it looks like, you know, Goff, he's, he's relying on the run game, but, you know, between, uh, you know, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett, in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, it looks like Goff's comfortable in the pocket where I think the first couple of years he was benefiting from Sean McVay in his headset. But if they could protect Goff and they do a good job, he gets rid of the ball, um, maybe he's better than I thought going in because I think a, a couple of times he looked scared uh, when he was feeling any kind of pressure. And I do think they got exposed in the Super Bowl, but you can see Sean McVay is kind of more committed to running 11 personnel because of Cooper Cup, but he's not afraid to go with 12 personnel because he's got two tight ends that can stretch the field. Rams on the road this week, starting a two-game road trip. They will play at Washington. Now that brings us to the 49ers. They are 2-2. Two and two. They were Losers on Sunday night football falling to the Eagles 25-20. to Interesting, the 49ers 2-0 on the road, 0-2 at Levi's Stadium, which you never want to see from any team just because it's always about protecting your home field, even if there are fans or no fans, as the case is right now with San Francisco. Well, you knew Philadelphia is a desperate team, and they still believe in their quarterback and Carson Wentz. And, you know, there was a nice uh, little wave that Nick Mullins was riding there, and there was speculation, oh, they're going to try to get a fourth-round pick next year, and then all of a sudden the game starts, and he, he short passes the first guy, and then he misses uh, Kyle Juszczyk on, on a wheelhouse route, which would have been a touchdown, and eventually they went to C.J. Beathard, who obviously has been in the system for a long time. He went 19, uh, 14 for 19, so they're going to get Jimmy Garoppolo back. What can you say about George Kittle? He's finally healthy. He was targeted 15 times. He caught 15 passes for 183 yards. He was a beast as long as catch was 38 yards and a touchdown. Uh, they're getting some pro- um, production from J- J- Jarrett McKinnon. They ran the ball 20 times. So um, Philadelphia was desperate, and that was a disappointing loss because they were playing without their starting quarterback. They get Garoppolo back. I think things will settle down for them. Yeah, Garoppolo right now still dealing with that high ankle sprain. Kyle Shanahan would not commit to either Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard when he was asked as far as a backup quarterback is concerned. Mullins threw two interceptions, including a pick six, plus lost a fumble. Certainly would be a great benefit and a nice uh, positive note if Garoppolo is able to return. If not, then of course there's a decision that needs to be made whether it's Mullins or Beathard quick note Brandon Ayuk the former ASU Sun Devil probably with the highlights of the weekend maybe hurdled his way to a 38 yard touchdown run on a lateral and people if you didn't follow the draft I mean there was so much talk about the top three receivers the Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy and he threw in um C.D. Lamb and Justin Johnson I know the Cardinals like because of Jerry Sullivan's ties but according to Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch Brandon Ayuk was the number one wide receiver on their board, and they decided to take him. Now, he had some off-season hamstring injuries, but now you could see the upside. And, you know, they're going to get some of the receivers back. Um, they let Muhammad Sanugo, um, 
uh, during the week. But uh, Brandon Ayuk, I mean, I want to see this guy play 16 games. He's a stud out there. Some guys are getting healthy. Some guys are not. Ziggy Ansah, who was just signed because of injuries along that defense, suffered a torn biceps. And then Kigwan Williams with a knee injury. Those two players added to injured reserve. It's a good thing for the 49ers that the IR rules were changed to just a minimum of three games because they've had guys go on, come off, but they are certainly wearing out the injured reserve list right now. Yeah, and that's and I know people are going to say, well, they beat the Jets and the Giants. They had well, both of those games were on the road, and they stayed at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. Um, they thumped those teams. It wasn't like they won on the last second field goal. So, um, it, you know, I think they prefer to have their injuries early in the season. But when you lose guys like Nick Bosa for the entire season, those are tough to overcome. Now, Craig, you start looking at the uh, the conference as a whole. Um, when you look at the standings, I mean, it, it's it's feasible that, you know, when you look at the NFC right now, the Cardinals coming off back-to-back losses, they've dropped to a nine seed. We know the NFL uh, in both conferences are going to take seven teams this year. So they're, they're kind of right there with the Saints who are two and two, and people think they're off to a slow start. Carolina obviously has won a couple in a row. They're two and two. San Francisco's two and two. The Cardinals won that head had, had, had tiebreaker. And so those are the teams you're dealing with uh, right now, Washington, Dallas, Minnesota, Detroit, Giants, and Atlanta. They're going to have a hard time claiming. So the Cardinals are in that striking distance, but you got to start winning football games. got to hand it to you, MJ. Four games in, and we're already looking at the playoff seedings. Well, just 25% of the season. That's true. So and then we come back in, in after you know 50%, and we'll see, are they a 6 or a 7 seed? Because that's encouraging. That means you're winning football games. I feel a little bit better today than yesterday and maybe that will keep getting better as we get closer and closer to Sunday I think that's the life in the NFL (laughs) you you can't be too high and you can't be too low Uh, Monday obviously you're disappointed Uh, you know Tuesday you kind of figure all right I got to get going again Wednesday it's on to the New York Jets and we will touch on them both Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. The Cardinals return to the practice field on Wednesday. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Amahundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2. <laughs>